Welcome to Finish Well Homeschooling Podcast, where changing the world starts with changing the home, with your host, Meredith Curtis. And I'm so excited to welcome you to our latest episode of Finish Well Podcast. Today, we're going to talk about family traditions that help you celebrate, teach, and identify. You know, I believe that family traditions are the perfect way to celebrate holidays, birthdays, anniversaries, graduations, and other special days. But did you know that those family traditions can also help us pass on values and give our children a sense of security as a family member. A lot of our celebrations in our home can also lend themselves to teaching our children family history or national history. So family traditions are just amazing and we can use them not just as a fun way to celebrate, which I am all for, but we can also use them to pass on values, to teach our children, and to give them a strong sense of identity. I'm part of this family. This is my family heritage. And, you know, whether they walk with the Lord all the days of their life or like some people take a little detour, they will always remember the biblical heritage that you have deposited in their hearts through traditions. So traditions can also be a tool that years later for children who wander from the Lord can make them come back. So I've just seen family traditions be such a blessing in so many ways. If you would like to use family traditions to make an impact on your family, let me help you get started. I can tell you what I did And you might want to do that too, or it may spark some ideas to go in a different direction. But this is what I did. I started with my own traditions that I had grown up with and the traditions my husband had grown up with. I drew him out. I asked him, well, how did you celebrate Christmas? How did you celebrate birthdays? And I listened carefully where he said, oh, I love this. I love this thing that we did. And some of his traditions I honestly didn't love, like beef tongue on Christmas Eve. I was like, ooh, that is so gross. But, you know, I listened to everything that he had to say about his family traditions. And I also listened when he said, I wish we had done something more special. And so I engrafted some of my husband's family traditions. I engrafted some of the traditions I grew up with that I really loved. And then, of course, we had to come to compromise because I grew up with a Christmas Eve big dinner. My husband grew up with a Christmas Day big dinner. So for several years, I tried to do both. I did the Christmas Eve and I did the Christmas Day. And I thought, oh, first I thought if we do the Christmas Eve, my husband will be fine without the big Christmas Day. So it ended up that while I was busy trying to do two big dinners at Christmas time, my friend Laura came along and she shared one of her Christmas traditions, which was a traveling dinner. And I thought, wow, no cooking on Christmas Eve. I would just pack a picnic dinner. 
I like this tradition. So as a family, we ended up embracing that tradition and that took care of my two meal dilemma. So I guess in that story, some of our traditions we've acquired along the way, some of them I very purposely set out to plan and others we've said, well, maybe it's time to let that tradition go. So family traditions can keep going, keep growing, keep changing, but it's really fun. I'm going to share some traditions with you that we have enjoyed all of our married life with our children. And one of the things that we have also done is we have some really special Christmas traditions that I'm not going to talk about in this episode, but in our December 2022 episodes, those episodes are going to be about some of our Christmas traditions, and I think you'll really enjoy that. One one episode is going to be about our Christmas morning. So if you want the show notes for this podcast. It is episode 173, Family Traditions to Celebrate, Teach, and Identify. So the basics of tradition is this. It's festive with a purpose. And what I mean by that is it's colorful, it's decorative, it's fun, it's family love, it's doing things we really enjoy, it's being with people we really love. And all of that, though, has a purpose. It's not just that we're doing it to have fun. And then, so the purpose is to celebrate. Um, the Bible says celebrate joyfully God's abundant goodness. And all of our special days reveal God's abundant goodness. And so we celebrate joyfully. And then we, number two, we pass on virtues and teach values and history. So we're teaching, we're passing on. And hopefully not in a way that's preachy, but hopefully in a way that's really subtle, that's fun, and that, you know, our children don't even realize, oh, mom was passing on some family history with this. And then thirdly, we give our children an identity as being part of the family. And that is really important for children. They say that One of the main things that helps in mental health in adults is a happy childhood. And I know that it's really big in counseling, even Christian counseling, for when people go to counseling, they say, okay, let's talk about all the terrible things your parents did, and let's talk about all the terrible things in your childhood, and, you know, they try to focus on the negative, but... The truth is that we as homeschooling parents, we work very hard to give our children a happy childhood. And I think most of us really succeed well at that. And so highlights, these highlights of holidays, birthdays, special occasions can really go a long way in bringing our children memories of happy childhoods and of course, we're going to make mistakes as parents and, and have things that we do wrong. But these go a long way in covering 
other things that maybe don't go so well. Like it says love covers a multitude of sins. I like to think that family traditions and celebrations can really go a long way in giving my children a happy childhood. So the first holiday I want to talk about, I want to flesh this out with three holidays. I'm going to talk about New Year's Day or New Year's Eve and Day, and then uh, St. Valentine's Day, and also I'm going to talk about Mother's and Father's Day. So the first one is New Year's Day, and if you're like me, I go all out for Christmas, and by the time New Year's comes, I am really exhausted, and so these uh, traditions are very simple and easy to do. And first, I want to give you some scriptures that have really impacted me and influenced what I chose to do for New Year's Day. So the first scripture is 2 Corinthians 5.17, and it says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone. The new is here. And then in Philippians 3.13 and 14, it says, Forgetting what it lies behind and reaching forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. So when I think about New Year's Day or New Year's Eve, I'm thinking about an opportunity to celebrate and teach my children about our new life in Christ, new opportunities, and how to move forward, how to forget the past mistakes and press on make new plans, make new goals, and move forward with the Lord. So one of the ways that we celebrate is we often have a game night where we play games. And then at midnight, we have a very festive toast with non-alcoholic sparkling grape juice or cider, apple cider. And then we have lots of hugs, and we're just welcoming in the new year. Many times on Christmas Day, We'll write our goals. Often on Thanksgiving, we talk about all the things we're thankful for from the previous year. And so on Christmas Day, we might remind our kids, God's been so good to us this year. Um, Yes, even through the troubles, he's been faithful. And then we come up with some goals for the new year. So that's honestly been hit or miss. I wish I had done that more. But the big thing is that we celebrate the new year. And the values that we pass on, I didn't mention this, but we always have communion and prayer before we have the festive toast. So we'll have a game night for a couple of hours. Then we'll have for about a half an hour, have prayer and communion. And then we welcome the new year with a toast. And so that's really teaching our children about who we are in Christ, because with communion, we're always remembering our new life in Christ. And then we also give our children a family identity by saying, in the Curtis family, this is how we celebrate the new year. And one of the things that I have noticed over the years is that people, especially children and very old people, love routine. They love knowing things are going to happen the same way each time. And that gives them a real sense of security. So by having a tradition for New Year's, by having a tradition for Christmas, you give your children a sense of security in an ever-changing world. We are still going to open stockings Christmas Eve. 
in an ever-changing world, we're still going to get a new Christmas, a new Easter dress to celebrate Easter. So those things, we take them for granted, but one of the things that really matters to children is routine. And of course, that would lend itself to talking about schedules and different things like that. But think about some of these holidays as an opportunity to do the same thing over and over again, year after year, to give your children a sense of security. And it really does do that. And it really helps children feel, I belong to this family. And this is one of the things that we do. And of course, like going to church every week, um, weekly habits, daily habits, eating dinner together as a family around the table, all those things also add to that sense of family identity. The next holiday I want to talk about is St. Valentine's Day. And I grew up loving St. Valentine's Day with hearts and valentines. And I I knew it was called St. Valentine, but I never knew much about St. Valentine till after I got saved and I was a mom. And I read up about him and he was so amazing. And so in the early part of our marriage, I would always celebrate St. Valentine's Day by decorating with red and pink hearts and I put out a lace tablecloth and I would use the fancy china for the kids and Mike and I and we would get out old picture albums and we'd share our love story with our kids and show them our wedding album and you know we really focused on God's gift of romance and that is such a beautiful thing. And I'm really glad that we did that. And we had, we really had some happy memories doing that. And I would give each of the children, even to this day, I get each of my children a little heart and a little card and let them know how much I love them and that they're so special. But then I found out about St. Valentine and how he lived in a time where people gave their life for being Christians. And one of the things that happened during his lifetime was that the emperor decided we need lots more men in our army. And when men get married, they tend not to sign up in the army. So we're going to forbid marriage. And they did. They forbade marriage and for a season. And St. Valentine's, knowing that the scripture honors marriage and says it's better to marry than to burn with passion, he felt led by the Lord to continue to marry young couples. So he did that for that and other reasons, especially sharing the gospel. He was arrested. And while he was in his jail cell before he was martyred, he actually prayed over his jailkeeper's daughter who was blind and she received her sight. But how we get the whole idea of Valentine's is that he was a pastor and he would write loving letters to his congregation and sign them, Dear Valentine. And um, so that is where we get that tradition. And when I heard that, I was so overwhelmed. So I added, you know, reading the uh, picture book about St. Valentine's out, out loud, or maybe um, watching a little video on the true story of St. Valentine's Day. But I still decorate with pink, red and lace and all the pretty things. And one of the things that I have done over the years is try to do a pink and red meal. 
<laughs> so you can go a little too far with that, you know, like, um, but you can use ham and you can have um, different vegetables that are red. And anyway, I went too far one time and I dyed the mashed potatoes pink and it was a little weird. But anyway, that's just some of the things I've done in being creative and then decided, you know what, I don't think I'll do that again. So um, the scripture for St. Valentine's Day that really impacted me was, this is my commandment that you love one another just as I have loved you. So whether it's our love for God or romantic love, it's all based on what we see in Jesus. And just as he's loved us, we can love one another in that same way. For passing on values, I really focused on sharing our love story or looking at our wedding album because the Bible says marriage should be honored by all and the marriage bed kept pure. So that was that I used this holiday to really honor marriage, if that makes sense to you, so that my children would know marriage is a beautiful thing and there are certain things that are to be reserved for inside marriage. And of course, our family identity comes from saying this is how we celebrate Valentine's Day and also for learning their family history of how their parents met, of a little bit more about their wedding. And, and uh, as you tell stories about how we met and our wedding, you end up bringing in your parents, your grandparents and other important people so they learn about them, too. So now moving on to Mother's Day and Father's Day. And of course, my scripture for this, and if your children don't know this scripture, they should memorize it. Ephesians 6, 1 through 3. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with the promise, so that it may go well with you and you may live long on the earth. I love that passage, and I remind my children and myself until my parents passed on that Honor your father and mother, that it may go well with you and you may enjoy a long life on earth. Now, I don't want to be motivated to honor my parents because it will go well with me. But sometimes I needed that motivation when I was frustrated with my parents. But we all need to honor our parents, whether we're 40, whether we're 12, whether we're two. And so Mother's and Father's Day is a perfect holiday to teach our children to be a blessing to their parents, to honor their parents. And so what what this requires is for Mother's Day, the father really needs to step up. And for Father's Day, the mother really needs to step up. So one of the, I'll just share with you some of the ways that we celebrate Mother's Day and Father's Day. We would have a special meal. Sometimes we play the encouragement game. And this is such... Um, a great game for families to play. So with the encouragement game, if it was Mother's Day, then I would be the one that everyone would encourage and everyone would just share things that they appreciate about me and things that they're really grateful for. Um, and the same, if it was Father's Day, it would be the father. But you can do this on birthdays. You can do this a, a lot of different things. So you also might go on a family outing to a place that the mother or father depending on which day it is, really likes. So maybe the dad really likes golf. You might all go play Goonie Golf or go to a real golf course and try your hand at golf. 
or maybe the mom really likes the beach. You might go to the beach and then we would have presents after dinner and they wouldn't be big, giant presents, just little things to say, hey, I love you. And often I would help my children make gifts for their dad. My husband would help them make gifts for me or we would take them out shopping to buy things. And it's really important that children learn that at an early age to honor their parents. And giving gifts is one way they can do that. Making cards is another. And then to continue that idea of teaching and passing on values, we would also make sure to call grandparents on Mother's and Father's Day and have our children also talk to the grandparents because that allows them to see us honoring our parents. And I know my my mom and dad both were very sick for a season before they passed on. And I had to spend a lot of time taking care of my children, of my, well, of course, of my children, but also of my parents. And sometimes I wondered, well, oh, my goodness, this is going to be so bad for my children. They're going to feel neglected. And then one day I realized my children are learning a really valuable lesson. They're watching me honor my parents. And that's going to be something that's going to be embedded in their brain far more than our little science lesson or our little history lesson. But to learn that valuable lesson of honoring your parents and caring for them. And finally, it again gives them that family identity. This is how we celebrate Mother's and Father's Day. Now, you're listening to me. I've shared three holidays. I could go on and on with each one. On Thanksgiving, teaching kids to be grateful. There are just so many. Fourth of July, teaching kids to value freedom. What about you? How can you get started using family traditions proactively? to pass on values, to teach history, family history, or national history, or even church history, um, what can you do? Well, again, like I mentioned before, talk to your husband. What are his favorite holiday tr- traditions that he does not want to part with? Um, talk to your kids. What are their favorite holiday traditions? What do they really love? What would they really like to do, maybe? Can you tweak traditions? Maybe the way you open presents on Christmas is just a mad jumble and everyone's opening presents at the same time. Maybe you could focus more on giving up the presents and maybe everybody could open their presents one at a time. So just little things, like that's a little thing to tweak, but it can really make a difference. Think in terms of celebrating and teaching and passing on values. All traditions, all things that you do as a family over and over and over establish a family identity. And so you also may think about, you know, your family traditions for just the weekly life, the daily life, going to church. We used to, uh, when the kids were, were little, we would go to church on Sunday, come home, have a big meal, and then everyone would take a nap, including mom and dad. And, of course, as the kids got older, we weren't so tired. (laughs) They weren't so tired. So that kind of died away. But for a long time, that was a tradition. And we can have traditions that are really important, like going to church is super important. 
giving to the poor super important voting. I didn't know there were any people in the whole world who didn't vote in every election because my parents did. That was a family tradition. And I knew my parents would go to vote. And many times I went with them. So all of those things impact our life. They impact our children's life. And I really challenge you to think of family traditions in a new way because they can be so important in passing truth, passing that baton of truth from one generation to the next. And above all, they are super fun. And it's a great time for families to bond and love one another. And so I hope you become really creative and establish some wonderful family traditions. God bless you. I cannot wait to see you next time. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Finish Well Homeschooling Podcast with Meredith Curtis and the Finish Well team. Please listen in every first and third Monday of each month at 7 p.m. Eastern Time here at the Ultimate Homeschool Podcast Network.